Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Publisher Brendan Slaughter joined, as always, by recruiting analyst Jared Hallis here for BeaversEdge.com, previewing Oregon State Purdue, the season kickoff just around the corner. Jared, how excited are you to uh, see the Beavs get back in action? And how are you doing, my friend? Oh, man, I can't even explain it. It's It's been such a seemingly such a long road. And, you know, we had a, had a season last year, but, you know, it was it was what a lot of people would call half of a season. Uh, in a lot of different ways. So I am, I can't even tell you in words how excited I am. It feels like Christmas and it's, uh, it's, it's September. So I, I couldn't be happier. I'm ready to get this ball rolling. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's good to hear your voice. You know, you and, you and I have taken a, a little bit of a podcast hiatus, but happy to uh, hit the ground running and talk some Purdue Boilermakers coming up. I mean, honestly, Jared, it feels like, you know, fall camp was just starting. It feels like spring football just ended. And in a weird kind of a timing way, it almost feels like the end of the, you know, 2020 season wasn't all that long ago. Like it, it's been time has been a very relative thing uh, these last uh, you know year and a half or so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just last season, like I said, it, it was what it was that we've got this full 12, uh, 12 game slate ahead of us. I just I couldn't be more excited, man. And, and what better way to kick it off than with it with a game at Purdue They've got a sold-out stadium already from what I've read. So going to be a great environment, which is what it's all about, if you ask me. So I can't wait. I'm excited for the players to, to be able to, to put them get themselves out there and uh, just really get this thing going. No, absolutely. And, and you know, we'll obviously dive into it. Jared and I are going to give uh, our three keys to victory for the Beavers. We're going to talk about Purdue as well. And But I want to start just with Jared mentioned there, obviously – what a big deal, Jared. Oregon State playing in front of fans again. Can we just take a step and just kind of talk about how big of a deal that is? A packed house after the Beavers had zero fans all last year. Yeah, yeah. We, we almost need a, a little bit of a round of that. Um, it's, it's just can't get any better. I mean, going to Purdue, uh, which, you know, they've, they've clearly have a, a great fan base to be selling it out like this. Going to be different for a lot of people. Um, you know, going into going into an environment like this. But I think that, you know, they've probably been giving them some some high pressure practice situations to prepare themselves for. It. And, and I think it's going to be a really good game. No, yeah, you absolutely just mentioned it, that how good of a game it, it is primed to be. And I, and I would agree with you simply for the fact that you look at, you know, what Purdue is coming off this last year. You know, Purdue went two and four. Oregon State went two and five last year. I think we got two very evenly matched teams kind of heading into this game. And really, Jared, uh, a game for both teams that they really need to kind of springboard for a potential bowl season. You know, you're looking at Purdue looking to get back to a bowl game and Oregon State finally looking to get over that hump as well. Just kind of talk about how important it's going to be for both these teams and kind of how it really could set the tone for either one of their seasons, who comes out on top and who comes out on the losing side. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's uh, it's definitely a good starting game for both of these teams. It's it's one that for either team is a good enough win to really get you some confidence moving forward. You know, it's not like you have a, you know, I don't I don't want to name any names, but just a, a much lesser opponent that you can beat. And, you know, you still get some confidence from beating them, but you you still haven't been tested yet. The winner of this team's going to know that they can hang with a lot of teams on their schedule if they if they come out on top here. So definitely a great first contest for both sides. As you mentioned, Purdue didn't have an amazing season last year. 
kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because, again, you know, the circumstances, everyone listening to this knows how the season went. We don't need to, to go into detail, but <laughs> yeah, it's definitely just it, – it's different this year. Um, having the fans is, is certainly going to be an advantage for Purdue, uh, but still a game that I think Oregon State could definitely win. It's a good question. I'm curious real quick. going to do a little uh, Googling on the fly here. I'm curious how many um... – um, produce um, stadium holds because um, let's see here. Do a guess first before you pull up the actual number. Yeah, let's see what uh, Ross Abe Stadium holds. I'm gonna let's... go see 1,000. Um, let's see. It may be more than that though. I don't know. Produce got some fans. I don't know. 57,000. 57,000. 57, Not a bad guess. No, that was a pretty solid guess. Reeser Stadium holds, I think, now about 44, 45, something like that after the renovation. So about 10,000 more than, than Oregon State. I'm curious. We'll obviously, I'm sure, hear about it from, uh, you know, here on the damn board. I'm curious if any edgers are going to, you know, make the trek out to West Lafayette, out to Purdue for that game. Uh, yours truly will be uh, uh, covering it uh, from home. But uh, I know a fair number of people that are making that journey out there. It's uh, – a bit of a, a bit of a trek to get out to West Lafayette, but certainly looks like an exciting place, you know, real right in the heartland of college football, you know? Yeah. I mean, by the, by the looks of it and, you know, by the way, this game is sounding like it's going to be, it, it may be worth it to, to go on out there. So certainly shaping up to be a fun one. Uh, Purdue's got, again, I'll say it one last time. They've got great fans. Uh, it's a storied and, you know, they've got a lot of tradition over at that program. So it's going to be a fun one. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we're obviously going to dive into it. Like we said, we got our three keys to victory for both Jared and I coming up shortly, but just kind of priming us for the game. Again, a friendly reminder, it's going to kick off four o'clock here in uh, Oregon time, seven o'clock Eastern on Saturday night, West Lafayette, Indiana. It's going to be on Fox Sports One. Should be a good game, as Jared mentioned. And, you know, just right off the bat, some kind of last thoughts I have going into this game. You know, I Beaver fans will remember, I compare this game a lot to um, a non-conference match that the Beavers had with Minnesota in 2016. I know you hadn't quite joined us yet, Jared, but going back to uh, that game, it was, you know, in the kind of middle of the, you know, previous coaching regime. It was starting the season on a road, on the road to kind of that mid-level Big Ten team. And the Beavers came really close to winning that game, but lost that game. And then it kind of spiraled. They weren't able to kind of find their groove again until late in the year. But in that week one game against Minnesota, you know, they were right there until the very end. So in the case of this game against Purdue, I think it's just a good measuring stick to see where Oregon State is kind of heading into the 2021 season, Jared. Because as you mentioned, you know, Honestly, there's a case to be made that you could pretty much, you know, let one hand wash the other and be like, you know, 2020, what happened there? What happened there? There might even be some coaches that are more keen to go off of 2019 tape than they are 2020, simply for the fact that it was such a a hodgepodge kind of push push together season last year. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of where everybody stands going into the season. And in the case of the Beavers in this matchup. I think more than it just being a measuring stick, as I just mentioned, it's going to set the tone in the sense of you'll see within probably the first few minutes of this game, okay, if Oregon State can hang with a mid-level Big Ten team, it's not unreasonable to think that they could probably be a bowl team this year. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that should that should be the standard for, for everybody at this point. You know, we've mentioned it a lot of times on Beaver's Edge. It, it just 
they're they're at this point in, in what was at one time a rebuild to now where I think it should be, you know, be near the end of that and it should be bull or bust. And, you know, we've, we've like you said, you could kind of call last season a wash uh, one way or another. And now it's, it's really time to, to show, you know, that these last four or five years are shaping up to, to turn this program into a consistent bowl team uh, like they're very capable of being. You know, I, I, I still I, I think about it all the time and it's weird because I truly do think about it a lot how close the 2019 team was and how they absolutely should have won six more than six games. Uh, we've talked about it on past podcasts, just Hawaii game, Washington state game. Uh, and of course, a couple others as well that could have and should have went their way and didn't, they were so close. That would have been a huge milestone. Uh, so there's no better time than the present to, to finally cross that threshold and uh, hopefully this will be the year it happens. I, it's Again, it should be the expectation for the fans, for the players, for the coaches, for, for everybody. No, and I think you're absolutely absolutely right on the mark there, Jared. You know, like you said, you kind of, you know, the way the saying goes, right? You're one, you lose big. You're two, you lose close. You're three, you win big or win close. You're four, you win big. You know, you kind of take the 2020 season, and, and, I, and I really think, you know, it wasn't just the Beavers. It was something we're all still dealing with, you know, in every aspect of our lives. But because of the circumstances with 2020, I think it really kind of halted some of that momentum briefly. And even just kind of halting that momentum briefly just kind of, you know, forced the Beavers to kind of have to kickstart again. And I think that's where you kind of lost a little bit of, like you said, 2019 – you know, if Beaver fans could have a do-over, you know, Hawaii and Washington State, as you mentioned, two games that they really feel they could have had. And, you know, that was a pretty pretty solid squad. And then it seemed like this next year, you know, some inconsistency, you know, and, you know, you kind of attribute a lot of that to what the year was. So I think, you know, kind of reaffirming and kind of getting that train back on track this year and being like, okay, you know, beating a mid-level Power 5 conference team on the road that's tangible progress. I mean, that would be huge progress. You know what I mean, Jared? Yeah, without a doubt. And it just goes back to what I was saying. You win this game, you've got confidence that you can beat over half the teams on your schedule. Uh, and so it, it's certainly a big game for that reason for, for both teams, because I think both teams need to get back to a bowl game this year. So week one, but there's a lot on the line here. As much as you can have on the line for a week one game, if you ask me. For sure. And just uh, before we get into our keys, just going to prime uh, everyone with some numbers real quick, Jared. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Right now, um, Purdue is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, okay? And the over-under on the contest is 65-and-a-half. Wow. So I'm oh. curious. So I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in the 30s for this game. Um, you know, I, I think Purdue is a 6.5 favorite. I think that's pretty respectable, you know, to where Oregon State is, you know, coming on the road. I think maybe could be, you know, a point or two less, but I, I'm, I think that's pretty fair. Um, and the over-under, man, I don't know. Do you think this game will get into the 30s, Jerry? That's interesting. I personally don't. I, I mean, honestly, I, I think with with Sam Neuer now being named the, the actual starter and, you know, that – the, getting the rust off there and even getting the rust off from last season. I don't know if I see Oregon State scoring like plus. Uh, and I would, I definitely think Oregon State's defense is good enough to hold Purdue from scoring 30 plus. I, I, 
I've actually done some research for uh, for a couple other sites on, on Purdue, so I know who they're working with. They're probably a better defensive team than offensive team. So right. I don't I don't know if I see this going sixty. Uh, I, if I if I was a betting man, I think I'd go under on this one. Yeah, I, that seems a little high points wise for me. I think the spread is fair. I I, I would say I think Oregon State's going to cover this. You know, uh, we'll get into our. Make sure to check back to beaversedge.com tomorrow for Jared and I's official staff predictions we posted uh, on Friday. Um, but, yeah, no, it's – I would say I think it would be the high 20s. Maybe one team, like, you know, like I guess I think my original prediction was in the 30s to 20s with an Oregon State victory. But Yeah, gonna have to, understandable. 65 is, is to me a stretch. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. But, uh, yeah, and, again, just another little piece of newsy information uh, in case anyone didn't know uh, – um, Jack Plummer was named the starting quarterback for Purdue heading into this game. And uh, kind of like what you were saying, Jared, as we kind of just before we pr- get into the three keys, which we'll do to wrap up the podcast, from what I've been able to gather, I kind of agree with you, agree with your assessment that it seems like Purdue's strength is maybe on the defense and most notably even uh, they got a couple guys on the defensive line that I think are solid playmakers. And I think whether or not Oregon State can kind of establish that, that run pass balance uh, could be big in this game. Yeah, for sure. And they, they, they added some talent via the portal. They did lose a lot in the portal as well. That was one thing that surprised me. They lost a pretty good bit in the portal last year, but they were able to yep. add some, some players too. Some guys whose recruitment I followed pretty closely as they were coming out of high school, like OC Brothers, uh, linebacker from Auburn. He, he's going to be strapping up for Purdue. I think he's expected to, uh, to be a contributor against Oregon State. So that's a guy to watch for. Uh, guys like George Carlaftis, he's he's a guy to watch for, as you mentioned on the defensive line. Yeah, he's a good he, uh, name. He, good name. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on him. So they've got some guys, uh, and there's obviously more than that, but two two that I remember, two to watch for. Uh, so 100%. I think I think they're looking like a, a defensive squad so far. They've got a little bit more to uh, to unveil on offense, but you know it's it's week one. You you really never know what you're. No, that's 100 percent true. You don't you know, you know, uh, like I said, I think you could see, you know, some teams that are like, you know, feel like, you know, kind of the the restrictions have been taken off and they feel like they're playing football freely for the first time since, you know, 2019. You could see, you know, some razzle dazzle plays. You could see, you know, some unique gadget. You know, I wouldn't rule anything out in this contest because, I mean, just kind of my last point here, Jared from what I've been able to gather, you know, just from being, you know, at full camp and whatnot, the Beavers, and I'm sure they're not alone, they're just so excited to get in and have, you know, a somewhat normal year. And I think, you know, while football was awesome for us to have as fans last year, I think we kind of maybe took for granted, like, all the work, extra work they had to do behind the scenes just to, you know, be in a safety standpoint to get on the field last year. For sure. Yeah, no, that's definitely something that's overlooked. and and underappreciated without a doubt. I mean, I'm, I'm as guilty of it as anyone. I, I mean, I think it's all just, everyone's got a huge passion for the game and we all want to see uh, the teams that we love go out there and play. So it's hard to, uh, to, to watch things unfold the way they did last year, but you, you said it best. I mean, they definitely put in a lot of extra work and, and not that that's not going to have to happen this year too. I mean, this thing's not gone. Uh, no, we're playing not by football. any stretch football for the most part as if it is um but there's there's going to be still some some things that happen you know there's going to be guys that miss games because of this and it's just something that we have to be prepared for and as we mentioned last year 
Now, the most most important thing still is is the safety of the players. So, hundred percent, hundred percent that that everything will be okay. And you know, I trust. After last year, I, I definitely trust that it can be done in a safe way. So we'll just have to absolutely. Hope now it will be. Absolutely. I mean, great points. I mean, you think about Oregon State last year, I believe one of two or one of one teams, if I'm remembering correctly, that, you know, managed to get all their games in this last year. You know, they had some guys that missed some games, but the team was never at a um, a chance of, you know, forfeiture or anything like that. And I think that's why we've seen Jared across college football, uh, such a push to get players, you know, vaccinated because nobody wants to forfeit games as a result of this. You know, that's, that's not only as that. competitors, you know, no one wants to forfeit games flat out. And not only that, but you see the rules being put in place now where if you do have to, to not play a game because of COVID, you, that's an L. That's in that's yes. the loss yep. column. So that's a big dip yep. from last year to this year. Uh, there was a little more lenient. I think we're all still trying to figure this thing out at this point. Right. So, you know, they weren't going to be too hard on anyone. But this year, if you've not gotten your stuff straight and you're not taking the, the safety measures to keep everyone safe, of course, things are going to happen. But for the most part, you know, if you've got to completely cancel a game because of it, it's going to go in the loss column. And, and yep. you know, you hate for that to be a deciding factor for anyone's season. Exactly. And, and I think that kind of that absoluteness of, you know, hey, you know, if, if, if y'all don't, you know, it, it's some, somewhat in your control, somewhat not, obviously, but I think just kind of having that looming threat of, hey, you know, you have a game canceled, that's a loss, you know, that, for, that, that definitely raises the eyebrows of a lot of, you know, coaches across the league that, you know, want to, as we mentioned, get back to that six wins. So definitely going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on across college football, Jared, because I'm sure it'll happen more than once. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it will happen. And my hope is, like I said, that it just doesn't decide anyone's season. I would hate for some That too. That too. Five and six playing, going right. into the 12th game. And all of a sudden, you know, they've got to they've got to take a loss because of it. It's it's going to be, a, you know, just like last year, it's a, it's a new road to navigate. Um, but I trust that that it will be done the right way. And I'm just thankful that that it's happening. So I am super pumped. I know we've gone on a little rant here about the whole thing. I mean, how could you not? It's still a huge, huge factor in everything that's happening. But can't take away from the excitement that I'm feeling. Uh, and I'm sure everyone listening to this is feeling to see how everything's going to unfold for, for Jonathan Smith and, and Oregon State this year. Absolutely. And, you know, with that, let's go ahead and kind of give into it. Jared and I will each uh, – I'll, I'll start off with my first key and then I'll kick it to him and so on and so forth as we get through our first – so heading into this game against Purdue, my first key is going to be Oregon State needs to establish a run-pass balance. And, you know, that's kind of been their 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 secret sauce the last couple of years has kind of been getting Jamar Jefferson going, kind of opening up the play-action pass and whatnot. I think if the Beavers can go into Purdue and be able to establish B.J. Baylor, Deshaun Fenwick, Trey Lowe, um, and then be able to kind of work that play action game with Sam Neuer, maybe be able to get him on some, you know, quarterback rollouts where he can kind of be on the run and um, uh, kind of use his mobility to his advantage. I think that'd be a, a big time first key for the Beavs. I, I think it is too. And, and not only for this game, but for, you know, the, the season, because of course you, you've got to get excited about a quarterback coming in who, who led Colorado to a four and two season last year, but 
you know, you look at the stats, he completed 55% of his passes, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. So you want to see him clean that up a little bit. And if he's able to do that, like you said, and, and they can establish a nice balance, I think uh, I think it'll sh- shape the, the offense up nicely for the rest of the year and definitely for, for that game. So that's that's a really good point there. Um, personally, mine has, has changed a little bit. One of mine has changed a little bit since hearing the, the announcement of, of the sellout. And, and for me, it's just to not not necessarily, you know, come out of the gate firing, but just tame the fire. You know, Purdue is going to be flying around. They're going to have all of their fans out there screaming at the top of their lungs. What, 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 what did we find out? 57,000 people out there, uh, yep. the majority of them hearing for Purdue. So it's going to be – they're going to be fully energetic. And, and I, I mean, I imagine Oregon State will be as well. But you can't let, you know, uh, the momentum get in their favor in a hurry. You've got to at least, you know, keep it within a score or so. If not – you know, get on top early just to keep those fans in their seats and, uh, you know, not let anything get too crazy. I, I, to me, that's going to be a big thing. I want to see Oregon State get some early momentum, whether it's, you know, just playing a really strong first half uh, and staying right there in the game or having the lead going into halftime. Uh, I think that could could do really well. It's a good key. You know, I think back to, uh, you know, obviously this isn't a new stadium or anything, but you know, I think back to 2017 when Oregon State opened up at Colorado State and when Colorado State was debuting a brand new stadium and, you know, raucous environment, so on and so forth. And, you know, sometimes starting on the road, that, that can be a real test of kind of that mental will to see, you know, how tough a team is to be able to handle that environment. So I, I completely agree with you. I think that's a great key. Um, my second key is going to be forcing turnovers. And I know it sounds cliche, but it's been such an issue for Oregon State's defense consistently. Um, you know, I think this is a game where if they can win that turnover battle, the defense can get an interception, maybe force a fumble, um, you know, kind of maybe over under on like forcing two turnovers. I think that would be huge in this game. Yeah, yeah, definitely another another really great point. Certainly, if you look at some of the best college football teams, they're, they're always plus uh, in, in the turnover margin, so – it's, it's a huge thing to, to be able to create some turnovers and, you know, get the offense back on the field. Uh, and if they're able to do that, that kind of segues into my next key. Um, I, I, I want to see them get Sam Neuer going early. You know, it's a, it's a new offense for him. And, of course, he's had a, quite some time now to, to figure everything out and, of course, gone through fall camp now and everything. So I trust that he's got a good understanding of everything. But at the same time, it will do numbers for his confidence. And not only that, but – you know, to your first point, to get the offense to a point where they can pass efficiently, run the ball efficiently, establish confidence in the receivers and the offensive line, just the entire team. You know, if, they're, if they know they're able to go out there uh, and, and, you know, score a touchdown or if the defense allows one and they have confidence that, that Sam Miller is going to go back out there and lead the team down the field, I think it's going to do numbers for, for the team and especially early on in, in, on a road game. I just want to see them get him going early. No, I think that's a good point too. And, you know, that that's also kind of like, you know, the million dollar question, Jared, is now that Sam Neuer has been named the guy, you know, can he deliver and be that that quarterback that the Beavers, you know, that that consistency that they've needed, you know, you, you think about obviously he's a one and done with as far as this being his last year, but you know, the storyline, you know, could kind of write itself a little bit. You're talking about a local kid right here, Beaverton, Oregon, you know, just around the corner from me. 
And, you know, he comes back for his last year of college eligibility to, you know, play for, you know, the hometown, hometown school. And, you know, I, I think that that narrative is something that if he's able to find success and run with, it'd be one of the cooler storylines, you know, that the Beavers have had recently. And, and you know, you, you, you root for those kind of narratives, you know, even just as someone who covers the team, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you, you want to see these guys succeed. You know, we've, we've followed their recruitments. We've followed everything that's happened to them. So we want to see them do well, just as bad as anybody else. That's for sure. Definitely. And my, my last key is going to be on the defensive side as well. And that's going to be just getting pressure on the quarterback. I mentioned, you know, briefly that I'd like to see turnovers made as my second key, but I think this is independent of that just because Jared, we've talked about it. It's, arguably the number one thing that we're talked about in every aspect of Beaver's edge, whether that's the recruiting trail, current status, transfer portal targets, the defensive line is of a lot of importance right now. Mm -hmm. And this is a game where, you know, is the depth where is the depth and talent where the, where it should be probably not, but it's better than where it was even a year ago, two years ago, in my opinion, so this is where I'd like to see the defensive line and outside linebackers really be able to, you know, manufacture some pressure on the quarterback, something that, you know, respectfully, Jared Beaver fans really haven't seen in eight years. <laughs> Something like that. Go back to 2012, I think, when this team had a real nasty pass rush still. So, you know, it, it's 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 been a minute, and I think – Beaver fans are maybe hungrier than that for that, just as much hungry for kind of some that defensive kind of intensity as they are getting back to a bowl game, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, that, those are definitely great points. And you've got to do, you've got, I mean, you don't have to do one to get the other, but getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback will certainly help you get a lot of turnovers as well. Uh, and it'll also help you get off the field, which is my, which is my third and final key. Last thing Oregon State needs, although big plays can can create just as much momentum, you don't want to see Purdue just driving the ball down your throat, taking eight, nine-minute drives, just absolutely stomping the ball down the field. If Oregon State's able to keep themselves off the field, you know, convert defensively on some third downs, I think it's going to be super big. And, uh, again, allow Sam Nori to get back on the field and, and get as much chances as possible to, to get the ball rolling. Absolutely. I think that's a good key as well, Jared, just because, you know, granted, it is the first game, but you, that's that's not something you, you – you it would be, I guess, if Oregon State, you know, kicks off, right? Say they kick off, they give the ball to Purdue. For Purdue to go right down the field in like a long, you know, tiring drive would be about kind of the worst-case scenario you can imagine. So right. – from like a bomb on the first play. <laughs> I mean – Exactly, exactly. And I think that's where, you know – Oregon State, I just think they're they're in a position to be able to handle that well. You know, I think they're more disciplined defensively, more experienced, uh, more, you know, in tune with the system. I think this has the potential to be the best year of, you know, the kind of Tim Tibisar defensive era under Smith. And that's what's got me most excited, you know, heading into this game is just all the storylines. Everything's fresh. It's an 0-0 record. Optimism is high. And I really think this is a year um, the Beavers can get back to a bowl game. So, That'll go ahead and wrap it up for Jared and I on this edition of the Edge podcast. Like we said, make sure to tune back to beaversedge.com tomorrow. We're going to have staff predictions, 
Uh, we'll have the injury report out as well. Pretty, pretty light heading into this weekend, which is good news for the Beavers uh, kicking off that first game. And obviously then uh, we'll have game day coverage uh, on Saturday. And uh, yeah, we're absolutely looking forward to uh, bringing you all uh, another awesome football season. I know uh, we can't wait. I cannot wait, man. It's only two days away, technically today, if you consider, you know, the games <laughs> we have. We've got, we've got multiple games in a row all the way, I think, until Monday. So it's going to be a packed football weekend. Couldn't be more excited. I'm excited to see how the season unfolds. Like you said, zero and zero record. Lots of optimism. Let's do the dang thing. It's going to be fun. And again, like I said, make sure to stay locked to beaversedge.com. We'll have coverage leading up to the game. We'll have live in-game coverage. And then, of course, the uh, post-game analysis and reaction as well. So for Jared Hallis, this is Brendan Slaughter signing off on this edition of the Edge podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week.